Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Is it just me or is it extra quiet around here? You know, I was just thinking that. All right, so I guess we have to address the elephant in the room, right? Uh, may as well. Good evening, everybody, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network. At least in its current form, we'll explain. Really? Now people start messaging me when I start to record? Of course. <laughs> anyway. Are you hearing the bedings on your side as well? Not really, but I also went ahead and I turned my phone on vibrate because I had a feeling things were going to happen. Yeah, I probably should have silenced Messenger while we did this, whatever. I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. The voice you just heard, he is the Anchorman. He is Dynamite. What was the other one that we were banting about recently? There was that one. I forget because I think we were saving the other ones for our other podcast, potentially. Yes, where you will get the name that you have been requesting on this show. Still not happening on this show. I mean, again, we may be limping towards episode 138, but we're still on (laughs) track for it. Uh, he is Eric Watkins. Uh, this is the college football preview edition of the kickoff. So Kennedy Eddings is nowhere to be found. Her contributions would mostly have consisted of screaming roll tide every couple of moments. We figured we'd give her the night off. Kennedy's not a big college football fan. She will be making college football picks during the season, but she's not a big college football fan. She will be back next week when we do our NFL preview, specifically for the AFC next week. The NFC the following week, at some point, I'll let you know how my schedule works out for that. Dramatic reverb. Extra dramatic reverb. Anyways, all right, so... (laughs) The big news in question, unfortunately, the W2M Network and Jason Teasley have had a parting of the ways, and Jason will no longer be affiliated with the kickoff going forward. Um, it's unfortunate. I wish him nothing but the best going forward. But unfortunately, circumstances beyond my control, beyond Eric's control, beyond realistically speaking anybody's control, just things being what they were, tempers flared. Things happened, and we move forward. I wish Jason nothing but the best. I highly recommend you guys check out Second and Short, which is his fantasy football podcast that he's going to be starting for Rattledge and Broadcasting, or has already started with Rattledge and Broadcasting. They will be simulcast here on the WTOM network as well. So it's not like Jason's going away fully. It's just he will no longer be with us here on the kickoff. Exactly. You'll still get your dose of fantasy football expertise and, of course, some of the, at least to my knowledge, other appearances that you'll have on other Rattlich podcasts here on W2M Network. But can we call it irreconcilable differences? I feel like that's apt. I feel like it's not because I think that if we really wanted to, we could probably work this out for him to come back at some point. That's fair. Uh, he's not on the Bisco list, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you. 
Yeah, no no twinsies there. Trust us. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> All right, Eric. So this is the college football preview edition of the kickoff. However, yeah. let's take a quick quick trip to the news desk and talk about some of the recent happenings around the world of professional and college football, specifically pro football here, because we got a pair of stories from just last night as we record this on Friday, August 6th. Yes, as many of you have been sitting, waiting a long, cold winter and many other seasons, here south of the border, the NFL is officially back. You had the Hall of Fame game last night in Canton, Ohio. Not quite a drab affair. There were some very big defensive moments. Uh, Michael Parsons for the Cowboys started to make his imprint. But as you would imagine, this being essentially preseason week zero, very few starters played. Your big time starters mostly did not. And it was a very low scoring affair. Well, let's be honest. If you're Dallas, are you really going to risk returning Dak Prescott on that garbage field that is Fawcett Stadium up in Canton? Especially when you're already dealing with different twinges of other injuries. I don't blame them at all. No. And there are only going to be three exhibition games this year, four for Pittsburgh and Dallas because they got the Hall of Fame game. But with there only being three exhibition games this year, I really don't suspect that we'll see the starters and any but one of them for any kind of significant length of time. I would imagine that game two will probably be your dress rehearsal, and then mm-hmm. games one and three will mostly be used to fill out your 52s. Precisely. Trimming everything down in camp, getting everything ready to go for week one. I expect that to be par for the course for now. But as the ever-present talk of further expansion some years down the road card subject to change as it were yeah the belief is is that uh certain nfl owners are actually pushing for an 18 game regular season certain owners i mean if you've seen writings like i've mentioned here on previous episodes which you can check in the w2m archives peter king mentioning a plan as far as when goodell steps down or retires as commissioner, the new commissioner coming in and making that the first big issue, which could be in just a few years' time. It's one of those to where it's on the march of inevitability. And the fewer, um, and I think the fewer preseason games that we have, the more likely players are going to be to get injured early in the season. Like, look at what happened with all of the major injuries that piled up in the NFL this season, this past year, when there were no exhibition games. Exactly. I mean, yes. Do you need some sort of scrimmages in preseason to really help with that? I completely agree. But I think even without the expansion of the regular season, two was just fine. Now, if they could go ahead and start the regular season earlier, that would be great. But I've already said my piece in that regard. I will say I do like I do kind of like the idea that the Super Bowl will be the day before my birthday next year. Oh, don't you pull a Randy now. Come on. (laughs) February birthdays unite. All right. Anyways. 
that's the American side of things from last night, Eric. As it turns out, though, our friends north of the border got their season underway as well. As the announcers on TSN said, two of the most anticipated, most meaningful, most welcome words to start a broadcast. Hello, Canada. Yes, after 620 long, painful, questioning, agonizing days, the Canadian Football League is upon us anew. Starting out with a fantastic Grey Cup rematch, Winnipeg on their home field taking care of business against Hamilton. So the Blue Bombers, they're still the Blue Bombers, right? They are. Over the, the Thai Cats. Correct. Look the, at you remembering all the names. Well, remembering names in home stadiums is kind of my thing for college football. I, I used to be a lot better with home stadiums for college in the NFL. I've kind of slacked over the years in that. I need to get back to that because, like, when it, when I was in high school, that was, like, my go-to. Somebody would randomly come up to me and go, name of the Steeler Stadium. And then, obviously, at the time, it was Three Rivers, but still. And then they would give me a different team, and I would name it. You know, I, that, that used to be my thing when I was in high school. I well, used to I think I, I do believe I remembered your nickname, Eric. Go ahead. I uh, I didn't didn't weren't we going to call you the encyclopedia, Eric Watkins? See that or Squidipedia, something along those lines. It works. Oh, Squidipedia works because it's almost like Wikipedia. <laughs> I like that. I actually think I like that one more. You're welcome. See. Sometimes I'm good impromptu like that. So but, who do you got for uh, who do you got for the CFL this year? Who who's your money on? Oh, if I am a betting man, which hashtag bet on Bovada, just saying. <laughs> Something's I, never changed around here. I, I I could see Winnipeg repeating. I mean, Zach Colero still has that great scrambling ability. And I mean, their front seven on defense, especially those linebackers, oh, still terrorizing quarterbacks. Now, if they can shore up their running game with Oliveira, a hometown talent, they're still bound to make a lot of noise in the West Division. But if you're really looking at an odds-on favorite, how can you go against Bo Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders, especially with those clean-ass 75th anniversary season jerseys that they will be donning throughout the year. Ugh. Subject of some of my personal nightmares being a Red Black supporter, but game recognized game. And they're from Calgary. This, Alberta, this, Canada. This is true, although granted, you know, we have a many of folk in the central and western region of Canada. Yeah, I'll leave it so at that. I'm a little disappointed the CFL-XFL merger didn't end up happening just because I thought it would have been fun to have to see CFL teams play by American rules when in the States. And American teams have to play by CFL rules when, in, um, when up in Canada. So, like, that would have been a fun little mismatch crisscross. Well... But Funny that you mentioned that. Dun, dun, dun. But a dramatic reverb, as I will explain. CF, 
CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi did come out just within the past couple of days and has said talks with the XFL are not entirely dead. While the CFL is focused on getting back on the field, getting things going for 2021 and beyond, and the XFL is not resuming play until 2023, Ambrose has said the door is open for more negotiations down the road. Stay tuned. See, I think that's a disservice to the XFL. And the reason I say that is because of the relaunch of the USFL. Technically, the USFL is basically going to be the new name for the Spring League, right? That's prevailing theory. Everybody's looking at Brian Woods in that regard. Everyone reading the tea leaves about the different Florida and Texas-based trademarks, leading some to think that, yes, it will be a glorified, rebranded Spring League in two hub cities, but... There are some who are also thinking the TSO could be a feeder league. So still a lot going on behind the scenes. But I think the uh, XFL waiting, giving the opportunity to the USFL to relaunch and and state its claim to being almost like a secondary league to the NFL playing during these spring months here is a mistake. Um, we, We here on the kickoff, we've strongly supported the XFL's return. And... The quality of play in the new XFL was markedly better than the original XFL, and one could argue even markedly better than the AAF that it preceded it. I am in many conversations on Discord with that exact sentiment. You're not getting too many arguments from me. So the momentum that the league may have had, though, was shunted by the pandemic in 2020. And then the decision by Dwayne and Danny to not relaunch the league until 2023 instead of attempting a 2022 relaunch. Well, I mean, if you're looking from that regard, look at what Dwayne's doing. Look at what Danny's doing. And a lot of people are actually pretty angry that the only word you've gotten from the XFL are merchandise sales. Yes, You do have those giving the benefit of the doubt with non-disclosure agreements, but now coming up on a full year since the announcements and since the official purchase of the league, hearing nothing but crickets is a little bit disconcerting. And places have been putting out odds for who else could come along and buy the XFL from that duo and Redbird Capital. So we're kind of taking a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Johnson and Garcia and the XFL. But more importantly, the XFL is taking a wait-and-see approach to the USFL, in my opinion here, by allowing it the opportunity to establish a foothold. Now, granted, we thought that same possible scenario for the AAF. And let's be honest, the AAF was a dumpster fire at times. To the point to where it has been dubbed the Fire Festival of Sports. And if you know, you know. You... Yeah. Um, what, there, there's a other... documentary about that league. I'll provide more as time gets closer with that. Oh, if there becomes an actual documentary, I think we have to link people in the in the uh in the show description. Oh yeah. I will see because I do might I won't say necessarily do. I might have a link to the trailer, 
I can dig it up. I will gladly add it in the description for everyone to gaze upon. Very well. Um, so we're about to talk. We're about to talk college football. We're about to make our predictions and everything for college football, like who we think will win the various conferences and all that other happy, happy horse stuff. But I think that there's some news in college football that we need to address before we talk before we talk our 2021 previews, Eric. And you know the news that I am referring to. Well, there's two sets of news spawned from that news. Uh, I am specifically referring to the rich get richer news with regards to the SEC and two new members that don't. Well, I guess A&M's in the SEC now, so kind of. Well, I mean, they were, well, one of them was anyway, in the old Southwest Conference. So, eh, just changing one letter. Hmm. Oh, so but, going from the WC to the SEC? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is west to east. Diametrically opposite styles of football as well. Well, because, for the most part. But then again, if you saw some of those games from the 60s and 70s, but I digress. Back for, then, the Southwest Conference played defense. Nowadays, not so much. Well, you, you do have a point there. But for those of you who do not know... Why, I would have no idea, but we are here to educate. University of Texas, University of Oklahoma, they have decided no more the Big 12 life for us. We're going to go ahead, and we're going to go ahead and move to where the big dogs are. As of, I believe the exact date, the 1st of July, 2025, Asterisk, they will be members of the Southeastern Conference. The reason why I say there's an asterisk, if they decide to leave earlier than that, because 2025 is when their current contracts are set to expire, if they decide to leave earlier, they will pay exit fees to the tune of 75 to 80 million dollars and in some conversations i've had in doing some digging of my own it is not entirely out of the question specifically for texas to pay that money and bail whole bunch of negotiations would happen with espn naturally but it could be done well, yeah, you could see Texas running an independent schedule for a couple of years before they're able to officially transition to the SEC. And with other schools like USC rumoring to go independent as well, it would be, I can't quite say terrible, but just enough of chaos to really benefit them. But that just started the dominoes rolling. <laughs> Real quick, can I point out who the big winner of that decision would be? Who? Notre Dame. Uh, mm, that kind of leads into my second and third bit of news. Oh, so I should shut up then? Yeah, because I had mentioned previously that USC was rumored to be independent. 
or going independent. Remember when I said many, many moons ago, when the kickoff was in its infancy, that the time frame between 2023 and 2026 would be that key window for all kinds of hell to break loose in college football? As you're muted. Okay, let me unmute myself and say, is this the part where you say I told you so? Pretty, not quite I told you so, but more I was right. Hold on, hold on. Take a cue from me. It's not I told you so, it's I informed you thusly. Yep, see, see? I. It's not quite so much I told you so, it's I have indeed informed you thusly. Number one. Along with Texas and Oklahoma making the move to the SEC official, there are already rumors. To be credit, some rumors have been shut down, but early rumors of Clemson and FSU looking to sniff around and make a similar move from the ACC to the SEC themselves. And you had mentioned Notre Dame. Yes, Notre Dame has said that their one-off affiliation with the ACC was warranted and necessitated by the pandemic, but for the time being, they maintain their independence. While going all the way back to the turn of the 20th century, when the Western Conference, now the Big Ten, essentially blackballed Notre Dame for the sake of the profile of the University of Michigan, Notre Dame is realizing with these shifts, independence isn't necessarily going to be viable long-term. So while they have their standing agreement with the ACC, there's possibilities that that agreement could be expanded, leaning towards full membership. But in the words of the late great Ron Popeil, but wait, there's more. (laughs) There's more in a second because let's touch on this Notre Dame story here. Wouldn't the Big Ten be a more logical fit for Notre Dame, though? I've said this. So many other people have said this, and they've questioned this. But apparently Notre Dame holds grudges. When the Western Conference was still formed, Michigan was the powerhouse, and they wanted to grow Michigan's profile. So when Notre Dame came to them about an affiliation, the Western Conference said no. That's when Notre Dame started their barnstorming mentality, going anywhere, playing anyone, trying to grow their own profile with great success being more national rather than with Michigan and the Big Ten being regional. Now, would this be prone to change? I personally and many others would hope so. But, again, the Irish never forget. No, granted, but at the same time, when it comes to all these movers and shakers going on here, What's going to happen is is the Irish are going to get left out in the cold, especially from a weakened ACC that if they lose Clemson and Florida State. So 
it would make exponentially more sense with them to kind of put their pride aside, have a meeting of the minds, and especially with Big Ten expansion already having happened, Notre Dame really get in and get their piece of the pie. Especially oh my goodness. Because... Go ahead. Eric, you know I'm punny, right? Mm-hmm. Are you saying it's time for a come-to-touchdown-Jesus moment? I hope that face palm was audible, but boy, was that well done. I regret nothing. Carry on. Well, you don't regret anything as well you should. But as we were saying this about Notre Dame and going to the Big Ten, what is well, what will be left of the Big 12? They might not entirely be out in the cold for long. As another conference has already mentioned, hey, why don't we get together and work on some things? That's right. The Big 12 and the Pac-12 have been talking. Now, for those who are familiar with the XFL-CFL merger news, are acquainted with and accustomed to the phrase strategic partnership. Those are the exact words that the Big 12 and more so the Pac-12 have used about this relationship. But both conferences have left open the door, not just for strategic partnership, not just for mutual scheduling benefits, but indeed a full-blown merger. I feel like the big loser of this regard is Colorado. Didn't I just get away from you guys? <laughs> Who's the other team in the Pac-12 that just came over from the Big 12 as well? Utah. No, Utah, Utah, the Mountain yeah, West. Utah wasn't in the Big 12. The, the Big 12 defectors were Colorado and Nebraska. Nebraska went to the Big 10. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could see some old foes, not to mention, as the Pac-12 commissioner stated, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving to the SEC, that further cements the Pac-5's reputation as being the only Power 5 conference in the Mountain and Pacific time zones. If they do go a full-blown merger... Whatever conference that name takes would actually span all four time zones if fully left intact. That seems a little bit weird saying out loud. All right, I'll bite. Who's in the eastern time zone in the Big 12, West Virginia? Yep. Took me a second to think about, and then I realized... See, mm -hmm. I would think that I would think that the logical move for West Virginia would be to the ACC, wouldn't it? It would be easier, especially since Virginia, Virginia Tech, you could bring back some old neighboring state rivalries, uh, rekindle the backyard brawl with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Syracuse as well from the Big Oh East. yes. Mm -hmm. So again. Here we are sitting in just 2021, but 
you've got the little dominoes. Once you get towards 2023, 2024, you're going to be seeing the bigger ones starting to fall. Do we have anything else to discuss from the news desk, Mr. Watkins? Um, that pretty much covers it. Once there's more updates about any reformation of the college football playoff, I will keep your prize. All right, so we'll come back to that story once there's more to talk about. Now it's time for our college football preview 2021 edition where hopefully this season we actually get a full schedule and everybody plays the actual number of games they're supposed to. But in, really? the, but in the end, will it really matter with some of these teams? Um, well, according to our fine folks at Lindy's, the answer is no, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Fair enough. Actually, Eric, you know what we're going to talk about first? What's that? We're going to talk about how you can get Amazon Music. Well, I mean, look, granted, we know here on the kickoff you have missed our voices. We know you have missed the dulcet tones of the anchor man. We get that. We appreciate it. But we are a very understanding show. We understand. Hey, there's a whole bunch of other great stuff on W2M. There's even more shows coming back. Would you happen to look at that? So, if you don't want to happen to listen to us all the time, we respect that. But you can still get the entire cavalcade, the whole catalog of W2M podcasts through Amazon Music. Say, though, you want to take it a step farther and you don't want to listen to a W2M podcast. I don't know why you wouldn't, but there is a variety of other podcasts that you can also listen to. Oh, yes, other podcasts exist. Weird, isn't it? Nah, fake news. I, I, I've heard some things. I don't know, man. I I, I, I think it's sus myself, but I mean, they're out there. They're out there. It seems legit. But even for those not entirely podcast aligned. Number one, thank you for listening and breaking that tradition. But number two, yes, there's all kinds of audio books or regular music that you can get through Amazon Music as well. But you're wondering, why just stop at regular Amazon Music? Why not just go all out, pull a Russell Wilson and be Mr. Unlimited? What if I were to tell you you can? You want to get a free trial of Amazon Music Unlimited? You've come to the right place. All you have to do is go to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. You'll get your free trial. Not to mention you'll be throwing us a bone as well. Again, getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Sorry, I'm in the process of eating dinner. Mm. Somebody has to take over as the unprofessional around here. Um, well, not just the unprofessional, unprofessional, easy for me to say, but in Kennedy's absence, somebody's got a snack. True. In addition, you can listen to all of your favorite W2M network shows, including everything from the Rattle Broadcasting Network, by telling any Alexa-enabled device to play the W2M network. 
And uh, again, couple shows maybe returning to where you'll have more options to ask Alexa. Stay tuned at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, how's our Nielsen's move going? Hmm? How's Nielsen's move going? It's going well. I think he's finally about settled in. But there's also other shows set to make a return. Long from the depths. Dun, dun, dun. Extra dramatic reverb. Like I said, stay tuned at the end. I'll mention them. So will I. All right, <laughs> so let's move forward, shall we? Yes, let's. All right, so at least for the current 2021 season, everything is as it is in college football. Nobody's jumped conferences, no new team. Well, there's, I think there's a new team in the Sun Belt, but let's be honest, it's the Sun Belt. Who cares? Exactly. As much as we love the group of five, we're realistic. Don't get me wrong. The fun belt is fun. And we we are always down for some action here on the kickoff. But let's talk about the boys that matter before we talk about the group of five, shall we? Yeah. Let's get the big ones out of the way. At least that'll be, well, for the most part, faster. We will start in the ACC. Where the current defending national semifinalist Clemson reside, having lost to Alabama in their semifinal. Oh, no, losing to Ohio State in their semifinal game. Excuse me. They lead up the Atlantic Division, still consisting of themselves, North Carolina State, Wake Forest, Florida State, Boston College, Louisville, and Syracuse. Eric, is there more of a gimme division in college football? Look, I'm saying this about Clemson, and I will say this again about Alabama. Everybody's having a grand old time. They're out there just swimming along like the mermaids they are, waiting for a crab to come sing along and sing under the sea. It's going to take a lot to show them how the other half lives. Yes, do I see some improvements at FSU? but not enough for them to really overtake Clemson or really anybody else. I mean, sweep through that, and the season will really start when they get to the ACC championship game. Yeah, this is Clemson's division to lose, even with the transformation from Trevor Lawrence to DJ Uagalele. Uagalele, yes. Uagalele. I was close. You were, you were. Some respect, shaking off the rust. It, it's, it's been a while since we've talked football, so, you know, i got to get back into the swing of things here. Um, I, I'm going to throw out a surprise team for this division, actually, though. You know who I think is going to finish runner-up in this division? Who? Boston College. Going with BC, eh? Interesting. I don't know. Something about Boston College strikes me as a team that could do something this year. Not, well, to mention I mean, there, not to mention there's a little bit of a Buffalo bias with the whole Doug Flutie thing. Aha! I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Speaking of Doug Flutie's victims, let's talk Coastal Division. Did you, re- did you really have really? Yes. Oh, God. Yes, I, that 84 yes, I that 84 season still brings nightmares. Um, 
You guys are of- not the hmm? you guys are not the favorites, actually. I'm not surprised. Worried, but not surprised. Care to guess who the Lindy's favorites are? Again, all of these current predictions that I'm using to quote on this particular episode of the kickoff come from the Lindy's College Football Preview Edition magazine, which is the one that I happen to pick up here. We will provide a link to the Lindy's website for you guys to get yourselves a copy if you are interested as well to follow up on all other things Lindy's magazine related. If we're not the favorites, given their recent turnaround, double check. Wait a minute. I got to double check that I would be right on this. North Carolina? You are correct. Thought so. They've been doing wonders under Mac Brown, and they're one of the teams in the division that legit still scares me for good reason. I don't like them, but I respect them. <laughs> Projected order of standings are North Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, and Duke bringing up the basement. I don't know. I want to say and be homer and optimistic that Miami can take North Carolina and take that division, but it's always one of those things, mid to late season, one of those games that we have no business losing, that we still lose. That's what bothers me a bit. I don't know. I, I want to say again, we beat North Carolina. We push Clemson in the ACC championship game. But if Mac Brown pulls another year of magic out of his hat and goes ahead, Tar Heels take it. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Would you like to run down your schedule real quick? Because yikes. All right. I will go ahead and give some minor predictions for both per outcome and alcoholic beverages consumed. Lay it on me. By all means, feel free to pull up the Florida schedule for later in this broadcast. Will do. (laughs) Because guess what? I sympathize with your pain. Two weeks after you get them, we do. You open the season against Alabama. Two! Yeah. Um, L which I've been saying even since last season. And I'm going to give that one three beers because I'm not going to be happy. You guys have a doozy of a non-conference home game to start the season. Appalachian State. Close win. Two beers. The week that we play Bama, you guys get Sparty at home. One beer. Ah, oh, Sparty. Uh, I'm honestly going to go ahead and give us an L for that one. That's one of those that's one of those asterisk games right there. Your non-conference schedule ends at home on September 25th against Central Connecticut State FCS. W, no drinking that night. ACC schedule, here we go. Home for Virginia. 
W, mainly because we're at home. At North Carolina. God, we get them early. Well, let me just go into continuing my theme for the Virginia game, one beer. The North Carolina game, it's going to be another three beers. That strikes me as an L. I'm not going to say quite an L. Multiple overtimes, and that's going to be a W. I shouldn't have faith. I should not have faith whatsoever because I have been burned so many times in so many ways. But damn it, I'm going to have faith. Guess you gotta have faith, faith, faith. Home for North Carolina State. One beer, W. Oh, I should point out too that you guys have a bye week before the uh, before the uh, North Carolina game as well. Okay, that helps. That helps. That helps. That helps. I stand by what I say, but that helps. At Pittsburgh. Two beers, because I'll probably be sweating it a bit, but W. Home for Virginia, or excuse me, home for Georgia Tech. W. One beer, maybe for just reminiscing about the triple option, but they weren't what they once were. The Sunshine State Showdown at Florida State. Two beers? Maybe a third celebrating a W. We keep it going. Home for Virginia Tech and what will probably decide the Coastal Division to me. This one, we if we get North Carolina, we take care of business there. Coming off a win against Florida State in tally. This would probably be a two-beer L because it's always this one game, like I said, that just shows we're not ready. If any game, that would be the one. If we survive the others, that's the one. Close your season at Duke. W. Right, no so boobs for that one, W. That is that is a seven and one ACC campaign. Is it enough to win the Coastal? Maybe. Maybe. Again, if North Carolina slips up, they wind up going, you know, six and two. That's something we would have to pull off. Have to pull off. Official the, only team, the only team I really see going 8-0 in conference is Clemson. Well, of course. Yeah, I don't think you'll get any arguments from that. Official prediction time. Is it Miami or is it North Carolina? Or does somebody else like a Virginia Tech or a Virginia sneak in? I don't think Virginia is ready offensively. Still not their mentality, even with what Nagurski's done with them. Virginia Tech might be getting close. They're finally settling into the... hmm? For the sake of clarification for our listeners, he meant Mendenhall, not Nagurski. Thank you, Mendenhall. Damn Broncos. 
Hmm. At least they're not white ones driving down the highway, but I digress. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> but, Make a prediction, Eric. Uh, I'm going to go Homer. I'm going to say Miami. I'm going to apologize, and I'm going to say Virginia Tech. No apology needed. This one, it's easily a three-horse race. Oh, yeah, easily. for sure. Definitely the Coastal's way more wide open than the Atlantic is. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, it's just we get our murderer's role out of the way. So if any nerves I have are going to be September, October, I'm fine with that. Let's go north, young man, and head up to the Big Ten. Mm. (laughs) The eastern side of the Big Ten has Ohio State, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan, Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State. So apparently Michigan State is predicted to finish dead freaking last in the east and you have them beating miami good call eric good call remember what i said about that one game we have no business losing but we do (laughs) fair Mm. i mean again much as much as i'd love to be a homer like i was last year and say penn state is gonna whoop everybody um penn state didn't whoop anybody last year let's be honest well, uh, it, it was a weird year for Penn State specifically, though. Well, before the season even started, our star linebacker decided, nope. See? <laughs> so, I think that the Nittany Lions will improve. I don't think we'll see another sub-500 season in, in Penn State, because that's not what Penn State does. Oh, no, no. That... That was a total aberration. I see that. Everybody else sees that. So nothing to worry about there. And to put it into perspective here, excluding last year, James Franklin is 56 and 23 as the head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. Obviously. Um, Lindy's has them ranked as the 21st best team in college football this year going into the season. We've talked before about our disdain for preseason ratings, but still, it's it's a good talking point. I figured I'd bring it up here. All right, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the West because I don't think there's any question who's the beast in the East, right? Yeah, it. Now I'm gonna give your boys some love. Penn State could easily make noise, but. They're the only ones who can stop the Scarlet and Gray Express. I disagree with that. And the reason I say that is because the best player in the Big Ten resides in Indiana. Referring to Michael Penix Jr., the quarterback. Yeah, but I mean, even with Indiana being so much of an upstart, kudos to them, but... I, I don't know. If they finish runner-up in that division, I wouldn't be wholly surprised, but a little bit. I do think it's going to come down to Ohio State-Penn State in this division this year, just because I think Franklin's going to light a fire up under these boys' ass this year. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think there's any question. Much the same way in the Atlantic and the ACC, it's Clemson's to lose. The, the Big Ten East, it's Ohio State's to lose. Exactly. 
they are the defending national runners up after all. Yeah, and they're one of those schools that just loves to go ahead and reload. Uh, So we talked about how the Coastal was wide open in the ACC. You can make the argument that any one of the top four teams in the Western Division could win it as well. Lindy's official predictions are Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois. But honestly, I think anybody down to Minnesota has a viable shot to win this division. They do, but I'm going to put a little bit of a damper on those up in Illinois. I don't see Northwestern repeating that magic. Oh, no. Northwestern pulling off the... uh... Northwestern pulling off the shock of all shocks last year like they did with under Pat Fitzgerald was an accomplishment in and of itself. But I do think that this year, the uh, I do think that this year, and as much as I don't want to give a certain unicorn credit, um, I think the class of the West is Wisconsin. Look, granted, as much as I like Dairy Queen, all different forms, all the different treats and whatnot. You know my personal feelings about that school and their college football program. We have discussed this. They are cordially and thoroughly invited to go fornicate with themselves forthwith. Yes. What is it the saying in Latin? Confuarte? Something along those lines. But... I'm on your side. I think for as much improved as someone or like Iowa, which they're going to be in much, much bigger cloud given all of their scandals in the off season, that's going to linger. I mean, in Minnesota, yes, they're on the upswing. They're a couple years away. Oh, a whole pack of Badgers is going to just swarm into Indy and take their shot. I am curious about something, and the answer is no. Ohio State and Wisconsin do not play in the regular season. Oh, that could actually be a bit of a benefit. I don't know how much of a benefit, but it could help. Yeah, I think it could help whiskey. So do I. So we'll have to see what happens there. We'll come back and we'll make predictions in terms of uh, playoffs and standings and everything like that when we do our overall playoff preview, when we do our season, uh, the wrap-up, as well as the award predictions at the end of the previews. All righty. So for this episode right now, we're just predicting winners of respective divisions, not of entire conferences. Yeah, like we do, which is fair. (laughs) So the Big 12, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, OK State, Texas, TCU, West Virginia, K-State, Baylor, Texas Tech, and, well, miles to go. <laughs> A little more like uh, flat out down to their last mile and then some. You know what? At this point, Kansas might as well start recording football in kilometers. <laughs> That's right. A joke for our Canadian listeners. Oh, and you even popped me with that one, too. Well done. Um, Boomers listed as the class of the Big 12. They are predicted to finish third 
by Lindy's this season, which would have them in the college football playoff as well. I don't see it. Yeah. If it wasn't for the rest of the Big 12, I mean, granted, do I think it's weak enough to potentially keep them out of the playoff? Yes. But at the same time, at least a title game appearance? I can't go less than that. Oh, no, for sure. They'll definitely be in the Big 12 title game because of the fact that the Big 12 has the thing where the Big 12 plays a complete round robin during the regular season, and then the top two teams meet in the championship game. I think that Oklahoma will be involved in that round robin in that championship game there, but I think that somebody that they're going to beat earlier in the season is going to beat them in the championship game. I think we get two weeks in a row of Bedlam, and I think Oklahoma State wins the Big 12. Now, if that does happen to where they keep it, to where it's back-to-back Bedlam, that would be the game in Jerry World that would save Mike Gundy his job. Because I think of any Big 12 coach really on the hot seat, he's the man. A lot more people have been calling for his head so much underperforming with a lot of talent. If this isn't the year, it never will be. It just I won't. Agree. I agree. It's now or never for Gundy there. Because you got to remember, Eric, he's a man. He's 40. <laughs> Something. God, isn't he already in his 50s now? I swear, moments like that make us feel old. Has it really been that long since that quote? Now I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to check, but I think I, it is. I just know every time I hear that clip, I crack up laughing. Much the same way you did when I quoted it. Uh, da, da, da. While he looks that up, it is time for us to go west, young man. Like, yeah. did you make oh, the- Wow. Did you make a prediction? Oh, I need an official prediction for the big for the big for the Big Twelve, Eric. Oh, for, for the, the Big, big Twelve for the big, title for the big, game. Who, who? Well, who who are the two teams that play in the Big Twelve title game? I'm saying Boomer and OK State when they run back Bedlam. You know, I'm gonna make a mild surprise. In part to be contrarian, in part because it would be amazing in some ways if this were to happen. Oklahoma and Baylor. Mm. Wow. Baylor hasn't been relevant in, in a couple of years, so it'll be interesting to see them step up. They're they, another one of those teams to where the Big 12 is ripe and they're sneaky. And, um... Would you believe I am incredibly right again? What is it? September 22nd, so about six weeks from now, will be the 14th anniversary of that rant. So Mike Gundy will be 54? Yep. Eric, I feel old. I told you. I told you. Moments like this. I'm a decade and a half younger than him, and I still feel old. (laughs) 
Time to go west, young man. Oh. God, the Pac-12 Pac- is so weird. <laughs> Out to the Pac-12 we go. The North is predicted Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. Here's the problem for Oregon. Guess who Oregon gets non-conference? Who, who do they have non-conference? September 11th, they go to the Horseshoe in Columbus. Oh! Ohio State is going to beat the positivity out of Oregon. Not to mention, since Oregon's having issues at quarterback, since their main people are transferring. Ooh! Ouch! Projected starting quarterback for the Oregon Ducks is Anthony Brown, six foot two, two hundred and twenty-six pounds, and a senior. He threw twenty-three passes last season. Well, they don't know what Brown can really do for them, but they're gonna find out early. <laughs> Um, give me Washington here because I honestly, and I, and I just said it a few seconds ago, I honestly think Ohio state is going to beat the positivity out of Oregon and they're not going to recover. But can Washington finally get over the hump? I mean, if Washington state wasn't just so, I'd be tempted to pick them. Well, here's the thing with Washington they host the Ducks for what should probably decide the, the North. Washington and Oregon did not play last season. The game was canceled due to COVID concerns. Right. What? Is that one more of... Oh. Later in the season, I presume? November 6th. Okay. I honestly think Oregon could take that one. I think being back in the friendly, defenseless confines of the Pac-12, playing after dark, I think by then Oregon bounces back, and I think that they go ahead and they take the North. Washington's record last season, three and one. No bowl game. The loss was to the tree. Yeah, which Stanford, oh, Stanford. That would be a major spoiler, if anything. But, yeah, give give, give me Oregon for the North. Uh, Washington, it's another one of those teams to where they should be there Everything says that they can be there, but they're not there. The South is much more wide open, in my opinion. Arizona State, USC, Utah, Colorado, UCLA, Arizona projected order of standings. Hmm. Utah's going to be the team to really make noise, which is is really going to piss off USC. But I don't see either of those teams taking 
because you know what they've been saying the last couple of years at Arizona State. You can go fork yourself. You play to win the game. This is true. They 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 do have Herm Edwards. They've got Herm Edwards. Uh, they still have uh, Lewis. Marvin Lewis. He might be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, because I know he's been on that staff a couple of years. If he sticks around, uh, Sparky, they got. Uh, he is not the defensive coordinator. Antonio Pierce is. Really? Yes. Hmm. Can I throw out a surpriser for you here? Sure. Beware of the Buffalo in Colorado. So Arizona State played Arizona last season and hung 70 on them. I saw that game. That's why I was like, man, that that was just brutal to watch. If that's not a go fork yourself. (laughs) It's like Territorial Cup what now? Thank you. <laughs> that one was so bad, the, the regents from Arizona were leaving at halftime. Yeah, it it, it was. Yeah. Again, uh, I saw official. that one live and I was like, okay, where's this going to end? Let's see. Official prediction, Sparky. Look out for the Buffalo. I'll join you on the official prediction. But I'm going to take the other part of that Rocky Mountain sort of duo. I say watch out for Utah again. All right. I do believe that brings us to our main event of the college football preview, Eric. (laughs) The one with its own network? Well, the one with its own network that people can actually watch. Um, so now would probably not be the time to tell you they've actually opened up the ACC network on Spectrum. Sorry. Glares in Xfinity. <laughs> yeah, but you get Peacock for free, so, you know, it works out for you. That's fair. Although... Um, if they would actually have more coverage of the track cycling events that I want to watch during the Olympics, that would be all well and good. You do realize that you do realize that NBC Sports Gold is accessible with a cable subscription and free of charge. Not entirely. I mean, some packages, yes. Other packages, no. And believe me, I've tried. Damn rugby. I've been watching handball. I didn't think I would enjoy that as much as I have. It's basically, uh, it's basically basketball meets um, what was the other sport that I would combine it with? Say basketball meets lacrosse. Yeah, basketball meets lacrosse. Some elements of soccer in it. Oh yeah, handball's been one of my big things. But again, would it kill them to have like a broadcast of the scratch races or the omnium instead of just highlights? You know what else we need? We need more cricket. Well, yeah, I mean, granted, cricket used to be an Olympic sport. Plus, they do have matches of the 100 available. Just, you know, 
everybody's got to be careful of those who live around certain grounds. Tra- your transportation issues may vary. <laughs> Hi, Haley. <laughs> All right, shall we continue? Yes. <laughs> All right, it's time to move to the unquestioned king of college football. Let's talk SEC. <gasps> and I don't think I don't think there's any denying it now with the Oklahoma and Texas story. No, you're absolutely right. With again, Oklahoma and Texas making it official, and there even being rumors of Clemson and Florida State, where Florida State almost joined in the early '90s. Did you hear that there is talk of a 20-team Super SEC, four regions of five? Yes, yes, and yes. I hope not, because if anything, if we're taking any two teams from the ACC, wouldn't Florida State and Miami make more sense? Well, yeah, Florida State and Miami would make more sense. And again, Florida State almost joined as early as 91, but the SEC said no, because you would have your Florida State-Florida game for the SEC pretty much every year, at least in their minds at that time. And that was the only real rivalry for the uh, for Florida State going to the SEC at the time. Bingo. All right, let's do this. We'll start in the West because we'll close with the East. The only reason being is that like Eric ran down the Eric ran down the Miami schedule, I will run down the Florida schedule with win-loss predictions and number of root beers drank during the course of that particular game. You and your straight-edge technicalities. <laughs> we are nothing if not sticky here. On the kickoff. And you know how you can tell how sticky we are, Eric? You can tell by using Grammarly. And Grammarly, first and foremost, will help you correctly spell sticky. S-C-H-T-I-C-K-Y. You wouldn't have known that necessarily without Grammarly. But before you go on there... Screaming at your device saying, oh, glorified spell check. Stop it right now. Grammarly is a very good software, both standalone or an app that you can install right in Chrome. Whenever I'm dealing with show descriptions or whenever any of us is posting any of our fine podcasts or articles to the W2M Network site, we use Grammarly to go and check them out. Why? Because you get spell check, you get sentences that it will encourage you to rewrite for proper clarity. You get access to all kinds of corrections, spelling, grammar, structure, tone, you name it. Say you want to go ahead and you're sending emails to loved ones if they happen to be across the country, across the world. Say you happen to be sending some things back and forth on Facebook Messenger and you want to make sure it sounds just right. Get the right idea across. Grammarly will help you with that, too. Telling you, folks, if you're just thinking of it as spell check, you are missing so many features. And if you're not using all of Grammarly premium and everything, you're missing out on even more features. But again, How do you go ahead and get the ball rolling? You decide those emails, resumes, hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com, Google Docs, airing grievances, whatever. 
you want to get all the access so that way everything will be in tip-top shape all you have to do is go to getgrammarly.com slash w2m network yes you heard right another free trial because we're nice like that we get back into the groove of things we give gifts to everyone again getgrammarly.com slash w2m network you will thank us that is getgrammarly.com backslash W2M network for your free 30-day trial to the deluxe edition of the Grammarly software. <laughs> Hello. All right. Are we ready for this, Eric? You ready to take a, 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 a beast of burden down to the SEC? Yeah, we may as well uh, see how the hell Nick Saban's going to try to compete to win another national championship. SEC West predictions. Bama, A&M, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. You know, as much as I'd like to say any of these other teams have a chance, let's be freaking honest. No, not really. Not at all. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> nope. No, I mean, again, it's Bama's world. Everybody else in that division is just the living in it. Could LSU maybe give them a game? Could A&M maybe give them a game? Yes, but if we're talking, you got to bet this to help keep your house, Bama. The only good news for Auburn is that the Iron Bowl is in Auburn, Alabama this year. The bad news is, is this Auburn team is nowhere near as good as the ones that have beaten Bama in previous seasons. Absolutely not. I mean... Is it one of those to where Bama goes in and hangs 50 on them? I don't think it's Maybe. that bad of a situation for Auburn. But I'd say it's more close to last year's scoreline at 42-13 than anything resembling a close contest. Okay, so 42-13. You really think Nick Saban wouldn't find a way to score eight more points? Be honest. I'm, look, I'm looking through the score lines for uh, for Alabama last year. You know who actually gave them the toughest game? Florida. Yeah. The SEC, the SEC title game. The Gators went down by six. Yeah. Nobody else came within double digits of the tide last year. I Alabama mean, Alabama had the second highest scoring team in college football last year, averaging 48 and a half a game. The offense is not as good this year. They did lose some key pieces. Uh, two first-round wide receivers, one of whom actually played last season. The other one who did not. And a quarterback who went in the top 12 overall as well. So, all right, maybe not 50, but at the very least 35, 40. Oh, 40 for sure. I don't see a team in I don't see a team in that division that's going to hold Bama within two scores, and that's just me being honest. Yeah, and again, with A&M, LSU just trying to avoid being a dumpster fire, you're absolutely right. 
Let's move over to the SEC East. The official Lindy's predictions are Georgia, Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, who I will admit I have a rooting interest for this year. We'll talk about that in a second. And Vanderbilt. The reason I have a rooting interest in South Carolina this year, Eric, Beamer Ball lives. It's It's just his son. Beamer Ball 2.0. I could get with that. As legendary coach Frank Beamer, he of Virginia Tech fame, has now given on to the reins. And his son Shane Beamer is now the coach at South Carolina, replacing the most recently fired Will Muschamp. As it should have been. As it should have been. Well, one of those Gators coaches worked out okay for South Carolina. Yeah, it's just that lightning didn't strike twice. And now that Gators coach is back where he belongs, which would, of course, be Steve Spurrier Field at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, you wonder what could have happened had the AAF actually completed He's bragging about another ring, and well, to me, rightfully so, but that's me. (laughs) All right. As Eric said, it was wins and beers. For me, it's wins and root beers. Let's talk Gators. Well, you have, I can't quite say a suspiciously easy non-conference schedule, but you are keeping... Hmm? Our, our non-conference schedule is pretty cupcakey. Well, you're doing the right thing by keeping everything in-house or in-state, if you will, as you start off at home against Florida Atlantic. Hi, Lane Kiffin. Enjoy this ass-whooping. <laughs> uh, one casual root beer, one gator blowout. Okay, fair. Then you had a little bit over geographically to uh, apparently the land of nothing but titles in these last couple of years as you go to Tampa to face South Florida. Is it wrong that I kind of wanted them to beat the sh- out of Central Florida for a different ex-member of the show? No, that's not wrong whatsoever. Not wrong uh, whatsoever. It's not going to be a blowout because South Florida is actually a decent team. And by and large, I do like the American Athletic Conference. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is a significant gap in talent between Tampa Bay and Gainesville. Let's be honest. Also very true. Gators win 2-0. That's fair. Any casual root beers for that one, too? Or are you kind of just... Um, depending on if I go out to lunch while I watch it or not. If I'm out to lunch, I may have a root beer. Odds are I'll probably have a Dr. Pepper, however. Okay, because that one is a one o'clock kickoff, so it'll be a perfect kind of a lunchtime treat for you. Uh, September 18th. Ah, yes. In the swamp, which is good, but Bama, which is Bama. Um. Yes, Bama, which is Bama. Truer words never more accurately stated here on the show. Um, All right, so here's the deal. The Gators gave the Tide hell 
in the SEC title game. Mm-hmm. And pissed off many a better who had Alabama and the points in the SEC title game as well. Because the Gators kept it close and kept it close the entire time. Can this Gators team beat Alabama? Maybe. And here's why I say maybe. Um, Florida Atlantic. South Florida. Mm-hmm. Bama plays Miami of Florida, but then plays Mercer in week two. Their annual cupcake as usual. Obviously, obviously the Mercer game isn't going to do us any favors. But I don't think there is any question that there is a significantly higher quality of opposition with the Tide playing the Hurricanes than there is for the Gators playing the Owls or the Bulls. Can Alabama escape Miami unscathed? That is your determining factor in this game. Oh, I hope not for many a reason. All factors being equal, it'll be a multiple root beer and a loss for the blue and green. All right. Well. This is bullshit. (laughs) Well, Albert, I mean, come on. He's being realistic. Stop bullshit. Oh. And just at this point, I gotta, I gotta pause real quick because I gotta step away. Go ahead. Ah, family calls and whatnot. Well, as mentioned before, we're not always a family show, but we are a family first show. Gimmick infringement. Always welcome and tolerated on the W2M network. But remember, folks, gimmick infringement is a W2M exclusive. Uh, Gators are two and one heading to week four. Yes. And you get to bounce back because you stay at home. But the old Rocky Top comes to town. Do I think Tennessee has the capability to become something? Yes. We've seen it before that the volunteers can put together quality programs. Are the volunteers at the Gators level currently? Absolutely not. Gators roll. All right. So, uh, I mean, for you, that sounds like it would be a maybe a one root beer game. Uh, root beer and a half. I'll, I'll leave the restaurant. Uh, not finishing the second root beer. All righty. So, finally, back on the road, on going the road. to Kentucky. Didn't Kentucky beat us last year? I feel like they did. I will double check, but I think it, that it's not. It was no. two years ago that Kentucky beat us. Mm-hmm. Our losses last our losses last year were A and M, LSU, and then in the bowl game to Oklahoma. Oh, apparently we. Oh yeah, Alabama in the SEC title game too, but we already discussed that one. Yep. Oh, Gators lost three in a row to end the season last year. That kind of sucks. Oh well. Um. What was it, like 20-something years in a row that Florida beat Kentucky before they finally beat us? 25-ish? Yeah, yeah, okay. In the Battle of the Blues, you guys are still our bitch. Gators are 4-1. and one. Huh, So, you come right back home, and, well, 
you get another breather, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is improved. They are not good. There is a difference. They're still predicted to finish in the basement of the SEC East. The Gators are 5-1, and one, Eric, and both of these games are one root beer exclusives. Okay, so so far you're going light. It's a good sign, pacing yourself. Now, you would mention one of those losses. Yeah, LSU. LSU. The one team that we always seem to draw from the West because the schedule makers in the SEC like to fuck us. <laughs> I don't know why they seem to think the Gators need a rivalry with the LSU Tigers. There isn't a natural rivalry there, but whatever. Um, LSU is going to be good this year. LSU is not going to be great this year. Florida is going to be good this year. Florida is probably not going to be great this year. The game itself is in Death Valley. Yep. Uh, I think that's your tiebreaker right there. Tigers win. Bullshit! Well, now, Albert, now let's be fair. You still have a chance to keep it close. And if you win, you get two weeks to celebrate. But if you lose, that just gives you extra motivation because you will have two weeks before the one, the only, largest outdoor, hopefully somewhat back to normal cocktail party. The issue here... And I don't think there's any question this game decides the SEC East, right? Mm-hmm. Much the same way it's done for most of the last, let's say, decade, if we're being honest. Thereabouts, yeah. The only problem is, is while the Gators get those two weeks off before the, uh, before the Georgia game, Georgia gets those two weeks off as well, and they're coming off of a game against Kentucky. Oh... Not exactly fair to Florida in the scheduling department. That being said, it wasn't supposed to be fair to Florida in the scheduling department last year either. And the Gators put a beating on the Bulldogs, 44-28. I wouldn't call that a beating, but that part's kind of debatable. No, well, you know, not everybody can get 62 hung on them in their division. That happens. <sighs> Fair. Walked right into that one, sir. Yeah, wish I hadn't. <laughs> um, you know what? I think what happens in the LSU game is going to determine what happens here. The Gators win the LSU game. They definitely beat Georgia. And the reason I say that is because this Gators team will be fired up in order to get a turnaround or revenge shot at Alabama in the SEC title game. Alrighty. If the Gators lose to LSU, that will be their second SEC loss. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them lose to Georgia here. So so you've got a little bit of a bifurcation, some asterisks on these two games. Yes, I'm, I'm also putting two root beers on each game. On a scale right. of one to three root beers, these are both two root beer games. Okay, all right. Well, with that sort of mini-murderer's row... You come right back and go go on the road because you were going to be going up against a little bit of Beamer Ball 2.0 playing in South Carolina. And I feel bad because Eva's uncle 
and aunt live in Columbia, South Carolina. Oh. And oh. her uncle is a diehard Gamecocks fan. Oh, is this going to be one of those house divided type games? And her uncle is going to watch as his team gets the absolute shit kicked out of them by Florida. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not saying anything, but um, if you're on assignment that week for a couple of reasons, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and play this just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch what watch what watch what happens here. Florida goes in there, lays an egg, and then I eat shit for it the rest of the season. <laughs> That's what probably happens here. Because anytime I get cocky like that, it usually comes back and bites me in the ass. <laughs> See what you did there. And well, usually, usually his name is Albert. Doing so, anyways. Continue. Well. He- you get another break as you get your particular non-conference cupcake as you host Samford of the FCS. Yes, you guys get Central Connecticut State early. We get Samford late, which honestly I think is a wise decision because it's basically you can treat it as a secondary bye week for your starters. Well, Eric, hmm. this, this is a zero root beer game. That's fair. Very fair. Fair. Now, that quasi-bye week may or may not come in handy because you're going to be traveling up the road quite a ways as you finish out your SEC slate. This still seems weird saying this with Missouri. Mizzou's actually beaten us two out of the last three times we played them. However, the most recent time we played them last season... It was all Gators in the swamp, forty-one seventeen. I don't think this will be an issue. I really don't. Even though the game is in Missouri, I don't think this is an issue because I don't think this Missouri team is as good as previous Missouri teams have been. That being said, depending on where the Gators are record-wise at this point here, this could be one of those sleeper games going into our Sunshine State showdown of our own that could come back and haunt us. Because I guarantee you, the Gators will be up for what happens on November 27th. Uh, by the way, root, sing, uh, two root beers, but the Gators win a squeaker in, in uh, Missouri. All righty. So, you've locked in one SEC loss. But you left yourself open for potential for three. I'm going to say three, maybe four, but I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say three. Oh, no, three for sure. Uh, Bama, LSU, and Georgia are the losable games on this schedule, in my opinion, or should be the losable games in this schedule. To be fair, for some reason, and we've talked about this before, because you've said Miami has a similar habit of doing this here, that Mm -hmm. that game you shouldn't lose in conference that you do. Yeah, that's it's I don't know what that bugaboo has just been <laughs> for Florida this year. It could damn well be Missouri. And like I said, the Tigers have beaten the Gators two out of the last three times they played. This is true. So as is, you've got 
a ceiling of seven and one. Uh, try again. Ten and one. Well, no, I'm talking about just in conference. Oh yes. So a ceiling of seven and one, with a probable placement of about five and three. Yeah, a soft floor of five and three, and a hard floor of four and four. But right because of the Missouri game. Right. Say all things utopian, seven and one. Oh, Gators win the SEC East. That checks out. That checks out. Oh, the seven and one, the one would be the loss to Alabama with a win over Georgia. The best Georgia could go is seven and one, and we'd have the head-to-head tiebreak. That would check out. And again, just like we said with Clemson, the only team that we could see going eight and in conference play would be Bama. All right. So going in, hopefully with that, you end your season with the aforementioned Sunshine State Showdown. Had to say that slow to make sure I got it right. Oh, you go ahead and you give Florida State the double whammy on that one? I don't think we blow Florida State out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that... uh. I think that Florida State's going to be improved. I think that they're going to start to turn a corner and start to come back towards prominence. I don't think this will be a good season for Florida State in the, S- in the ACC, but I do think that they will be an improved Florida State. Team. We're not going to see them finish sub-500 like they did last year. Right. Just because that's not Florida State football. And they also have the emotional rallying cry of the fact with the old dadgum being in poor health. Hold out just long as you can, Dadgum. If we can get one more season with you, I'd love it. Then you can go on to coaching those games in the sky. But just one more for you, Dadgum. Like, here's, here's my thought process to that, and I think Eric will agree with me here. We both like opposite teams from where Bobby Bowden coached in Florida. I'm mm-hmm. a diehard Gators fan. Eric is a diehard Miami Hurricanes fan. Mm-hmm. I love Steve Spurrier. I'm really enjoying what Dan Maloney Dan Maloney is doing. Dan Mullen, excuse me. Little, 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 little. I don't know why I said Maloney. Dan Look, Mullen. We bo- both had our one. We've both had our one. <laughs> I don't I, I've loved what Dan Mullen is doing in Florida currently. Uh we've had other coaches that have been Respectable coaches along the way as well. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer brought two national championships to Gainesville. Eric had the prominent days of Jimmy Johnson in Flor- at the University of Miami. Uh, and Schnellenberger before him. Eric had the days of Butch Davis as well. Forgive me, Florida fans. Forgive Eric, Miami Hurricane fans. There is not a better college football coach in the state of Florida history than Coach Bowden. Thank you for everything, Coach. We know your time is we know your time is coming. We just want you for one more season. Just the one. We understand you're at peace. We know you're good with it, and unfortunately, like for all of us, this had to come eventually. But 
for all of us all around the college football spectrum. One more for the road, please and thank you. Thank you for everything you've meant to college football, Coach Bowden. I don't like Florida State University, but I respect the hell out of Bobby Bowden. Likewise. All those times, yeah, for all of the games between Florida State and Miami, the one thing that made the loss easier and why you geared up next year, we could get Bowden again. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. So I'm saying the Gators win the East based on my predictions. But if the Gators do end up dropping those games against uh, LSU and then Georgia, then Georgia wins the East. Officially, I'm going homer. I'm picking Florida. Okay, so you're official. I'm with you because as much as it would be a little bit of personal hilarity for Georgia, I think the Gators are going to do enough. I want now see with that little second half of October, I'm going to say a split isn't out of the question, but I think with some t- with the timing of that split, the Gators hang on and do at the minimum just enough to go ahead and make one more trip to Atlanta. I worry about the SEC title game for Florida, and we'll talk about this when we do our uh, year-end predictions as well. I worry about the SEC title game for Florida, if only because what kind of game will the Gators have against Alabama in Gainesville? Because if if Florida can't hang with Alabama in Gainesville, then they have no shot in Atlanta. Not to mention... And I'll go into this with more reasoning, but kind of a deep tease for now. How much will it mean for Alabama? Like, where will they become CFP time going into that game? If Alabama's a far enough number one seed going into that game, would a loss even matter to them? Yeah, or if they're fighting for a number one seed, because... Which two are your semifinal bowls for this season? Uh, I would have to look that up. I'm going to check because... Stalling for time. We're stalling for time. <laughs> ah. Okay, here we go. Um, so I'm not seeing the specific mentioning of the two that are in here. Okay, so, da, 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 ah, so 2021, 22, so, oh, so it's going to be, so the cotton and the orange. Well, Bama's obviously going to want to go to the Orange Bowl rather than having to go to Texas. True. Especially Especially since the likely opponent, if they have to go to Texas, assuming that a boomer does run the table in the Big 12, would be boomer. 
So if they've got the option, since they would be geographically closer to Miami, if they want to avoid Boomer and they've got that shot, I think they're going to put up heavily, heavily. Have to see what happens going forward. Yep. Uh, any group of five teams that you want to talk about? Oh. Fun fact. Lindy's actually does have a group of five team listed in the top ten in its predictions. Really? Which one? Coastal? The American Athletics Cincinnati. Now, that's going to be one of those wild cards. I mean, I would love to see what they would do, but I'm going to be honest. The way that things are set up now, Cincinnati really won't get their due until the playoff expands to 12, which another one of those things that's going to happen right within that window. So you think this is going to be something this offseason going into college football now, give it two years. The other big thing for Cincinnati will be is can they make a statement in their marquee game? Because their marquee game is a marquee game, but not a place where non-Power 5 schools have traditionally fared well. Do you remember the comment I made about Touchdown Jesus earlier? Yeah. Oh, they got to go to South Bend. Ooh. Cincinnati goes to South Bend. But the good news is, is they go to South Bend off of a bye week. Given everything with Notre Dame and the fact that it's not terribly, terribly, terribly far anyways... Yeah, with Cincinnati being on the western side of the state of Ohio, it's honestly not that far into Indiana. Exactly, and you're going right down to South Bend. Natty could make Natty could make some. They could make some heads turn with that one. Well, the the thing I was about to add to that too is with that being in South Bend, that's probably a bus trip. Yeah, easily a bus trip. They don't have any real uh, non-conference games where they're flying, so we'll have to see what happens for Cincinnati. I do think, I do think that eventually we are going to see the CFP expand to eight. And mm. I think when, and I think when the CFP expands to eight, that's when we'll get a group of five team in. Well, from everything I've seen, now nothing has been finalized, but the key plan is the 12. Right, with the four first-round matchups and the top four seeds getting buys. Yep, and those first-round uh, matchups would be on-campus campus sites. Mm-hmm. And then from your quarterfinals on, you're incorporating basically all of the New Year's Six. Yeah, the bowl, the, the Major League Bowl games. No, I get it. Folks... It, it's looking like we're going to get a real college football season this year, which will be nice after the clusterfuck of a season we got last year. It was fun to have college football to talk about last year, Eric, but I think we can properly say college football is back this year. Especially with the attitudes that 
conference commissioners are taking with this. It's really a no-joke situation. So players and everyone be careful. I'm going to keep it at that. But yes, college football is back back. Now, I'm going to put out a bit of a little over under to wrap things up here. We've talked before about the F word being on the table. Over under mm, that F word. Okay. I had to take a second to think which F word you meant. Yes. I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Jeez, do I really, do I really have to say family show? I'm not supposed to be the one to say that. <laughs> I, I'm aware. The F word you're referring to is, of course, forfeit. Yes. With talks of conferences going away from player minimums and with different protocols in place being fewer excuses, that word has come up. So I'm going to ask this. Over or under... Two and a half games forfeited during the season. Over, but I don't think it'll be in any of the conferences that matter. Okay, I could see that happening. And the reason I say that is ESPN isn't going to care if it loses a game in the Conference USA. ESPN isn't going to care if it loses a game from the Mountain West. True. ESPN is going to raise fucking hell if it loses a game from the SEC. SEC, ACC, Longhorn Network. You're right. That's where they've got their specific skin in the game. I'm I also. Hmm? I'm saying yes, we will see a couple, but it won't be in any of the Power Five conferences. Well, I myself am also going to go with the over. And I'll even add a caveat, not SEC, especially since they're going with tweaking the player minimums, but one Power 5 game, I'm going to put it out there, one is going to be forfeited. And we'll close up shop with the Cincinnati Notre Dame. Yeah, four-hour bus trip. Mr. Watkins, where can people find you online? Well, I'm glad you asked. As always, you can hit me up on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. I know I promised live tweeting. I am sorry that I failed to deliver. It's been some weird times. The realm has undergone so many things. There has been a lot of alcohol consumed. I guarantee you you're better off. But again... Things subject to change. You can also find me on Facebook, where I have made many a late-night musings. Look for Eric Watkins. You know the drill by now. Guy, recliner, wine, etc. Now, before I mention the vetting process, as I said earlier on the show, you can find me all throughout the W2M network. We have me here on the kickoff. The return of Life is Like a Game Show with our deep dive episode soon forthcoming. As well as the Getting to Know Us episode is in, in, included. 
of course. And a little pet project that we're also ironing out between Harry and myself. Stay tuned for the details on that. <laughs> uh, but as a bit of a tease, think along the lines of Point of Viewer 2.0 After Dark. Point of Viewer 2.0, my God. <laughs> Even better. See, again, this is what you get from us. But what if I were to tell you that there was another show that could be coming back from the dead? And it could make myself in particular a little bit extra busy. There are, there are rumblings. There's been conversations. Soccer to the max, question mark? Dun, dun, dun! All the dramatic reverb. Uh, not only that, but Mr. Watkins and Miss Eddings are in talks as well of maybe another show not being as dead as anticipated, just slightly rebranded. Uh, a, a show to, as they say in baseball, show to be named later. Indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, the reaction is currently on hiatus. Sending my best out to Tony Acero. We hope to return soon, but not until Tony is ready to do so. I make no ham and eggers about it. Mental health comes first. Tony, I'm thinking about your brother. As Eric mentioned, life is like a game show. We'll be returning soon-ish. It won't be next week. I can promise that. But soon-ish. I want to try to pin down by the end of the month. We could probably make that work. I think the uh, 18th or 19th, she's going back down to South Carolina. So I, I'm about to say, yeah, you're going to be uh, not quite on assignment, but scheduling will be changed next week. Personas non gratis necessarilis, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. In addition, you can find me on Facebook, Harry Broadhurst. Um, Look for the guy with the photo with Chris Jericho and the Bills cover photo. Uh, pretty much anywhere social media related, it's at H-E-B the Eagle, except Snapchat. I deleted it. Sorry, Eric. Too much space. Not enough content for me. Well, for that situation, it was fun while it lasted. However, I mean, in the future, things go on. Certain things happen. Hmm. It's Don't you put that YouTube on me. I'm not necessarily going to put it in on you exclusively, as it were. Hmm. Double machinations potential. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I, I think we're done here. <laughs> again, I, got nothing, I got nothing to add after that. Well, again, I mean, for all of that, if you're not going to do it, Again, you can slide into my DMs on Twitter, undergo the strict and thorough vetting process. You can get access to my Snapchat as well as my dark Twitter, Telegram. Mm. Maybe kick a couple other places. You know the drill. Hold on. This one's just for you. You ready, Eric? <laughs> vetting. Giggity. <laughs>
You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Eric, guess what? Spotify is here. And you know what? In the spirit of a relatively good mood, nobody's a dick this week. Wait till football season starts and there will be plenty of them. Probably named Robert Taylor, if we're being honest. Uh, he'll be making multiple appearances. I'll set the over-under on that one to four. I'm definitely taking the over. Just saying. <laughs> He's Eric Watkins. I'm Harry Broadhurst. For the Locksmith Kennedy Eddings, who will be back with us for our AFC preview next week. This has been The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network.